Hi, I'm Dr. Sonia Whitaker, host of the Sonia Whitaker Podcast 2.0. The purpose of this podcast is not to admire problems. The purpose of this podcast is to identify issues that are impacting education, either directly or indirectly, and to provide for you recommendations for how to resolve the issues that have been identified so that you may continue about the business of ensuring that all students gain equitable access to a quality education. So let me ask you a question. What's a word like equity in education doing in a pre-K classroom? You see, I recently had the distinct honor of delivering a keynote speech and a subsequent small group discussion with teachers and administrators in one of the wealthiest cities in the state of Illinois. And these educators, majority of them were teachers of pre-K students. And I considered it an honor to speak because I was invited to talk with them as a direct result of their genuine interest and better ensuring that they were all providing their students with a great education. That's it. Bottom line, they wanted to do a better job. And so they called me in to add some insight for the purpose of informing their work. They wanted to take their work to the next level. And so, although not all of them were completely sure of the types of implicit biases that may be playing out in their respective organization or classrooms, what I appreciated more is that they were not afraid to grow. Like they literally entered into a dialogue and exchange with me in a growth mindset or with a growth mindset. And so for that reason alone, although I stood in a room with nearly all white female educators, I did very, very much so feel at home. So I asked them the same question that I want to ask you now. And that is, have you ever heard of the preschool to prison pipeline? Many of them, like I expect is the case with you, had never heard of the preschool to prison pipeline. However, when I asked them if they had ever heard of the school to prison pipeline, everybody in the audience raised their hand. Again, no one raised their hand when I asked if they had heard of the preschool to prison pipeline and I was educating and interacting with a group of amazing preschool educators. What I thought was interesting is that not only had they not heard of it, but they appeared to be a bit taken back by the fact that the term even existed. And so for the purpose of clarity, I want to share with you that it's important to recognize that the preschool to prison pipeline is the process in which students are pushed out of school through out of school suspension, expulsions and overly harsh discipline. And as they matriculate from one grade level to the next, ultimately into the prison system, which, as you can imagine, is very problematic in nature. I also want to point out that. According to data collected from the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, African-American students in the United States, especially young black males, are excessively suspended compared to students of other ethnicities. And believe it or not, it starts as early as preschool. Data shows that black preschool students are 3.6 times 
more likely to receive one or more out-of-school suspensions than white students. Students with disabilities, LGBTQ youth, and trauma-affected students are also disproportionately suspended. What I want us to begin to do is to recognize that as educators and policymakers across our entire nation continue discussion and push for policies that are centered around ensuring that America's most vulnerable students gain equitable access to preschool programs, which include the need for an appropriate level of funding at the local, state, and federal levels. As we began to continue to push and push for efforts, as I have just described, it is important for us to raise our consciousness around what is the preschool experience actually like for the students that are currently enrolled. We want those students, bottom lines, we want those students to stay enrolled. However, what the research is telling us is that not all preschool programs, but far too many of the preschool programs in America's schools are associated with America's schools are indeed unintentionally contributing to the preschool to prison pipeline. And so bottom line is we want the students to gain access. We want more funding as it relates to the distribution of appropriate funds at the local, state, and federal levels relevant to this topic. But we also want to ensure that educators make a commitment such as these educators did to further develop their cultural competencies so that they are not unintentionally engaging in actions as it relates to their interactions with students that prove counterproductive in nature. As you continue along your equity journey relevant to this topic in particular, I want to recommend, recommend that you continue to recognize, and this again comes from developing a commitment to raising your cultural competencies and your consciousness, recognize the extent to which your cultural experiences impact your judgment of student behavior and their intellectual capabilities. And again, this is about the raising of consciousness. In some ways, We've got to erase uh, the brainwashing that many of us have experienced as a direct result of the media doing an amazing job of far too often painting negative images of children of color. And those negative images that we see day to day, day in and day out, negatively impact our psyche. And so by raising our consciousness when we're interacting and when we're working through determining what is the appropriate level of discipline in the event that a student is off task. If we're conscious of the messages that have been sent to us, then we can work around those and make sure that we're doing right by children. I also want to recommend that you inform the parents of your genuine attempt to develop your cultural competencies. In other words, the parents of the students that you serve, let them know regardless of your ethnic background. Let them know of your genuine interest to get to know their families, their cultures, and their students better so that you can serve them in a more effective way. And what comes to my mind when I think about this example is, as a principal, I had 
a preschool student, a preschool teacher rather, share with me a story about difficulties she was having with a particular student. And um, she actually called the student's father and the father said, I want to come and sit in this in the preschool classroom with you. Teacher was a little bit hesitant, but she agreed. Uh, once again, even though the uh, father was in the classroom, the student was off task. A couple of times, the student would get up and go and interact with students, even though the student had been asked to remain seated. What the father observed is that the teacher said repeatedly, repeatedly to his child was, will you please have a seat? After hearing the teacher ask, will you please have a seat, which is absolutely an appropriate exchange between a teacher toward her student, what the father did was enlighten the teacher. The father said, in my home, we use a more direct communication style. We're respectful in our exchange with our students, but our communication style is much more direct. And he actually whispered to the teacher to say to his child, not her child, you all, his child, I need you to have a seat. And the first time she said to the student, I need you to have a seat. That's exactly what he did. And so again, the idea that you would make a commitment to engaging with your parents. Many of you are already doing a good job of communicating with parents. I'm suggesting that you would communicate with parents your desire again to connect with their students, their children in a better way by finding out more about how they interact with their students in the home setting. The last recommendation that I want to give for you is to consider Maslow's theory of hierarchy as it relates to basic needs. Even though our intent is to ensure that our students are having great experience in the preschool setting and beyond, the reality is that if you are in a situation where you're serving some of America's most vulnerable students, we have to keep in mind what some, not all, what some of their experiences might be like before they arrive at school each day. And so in conclusion, when you attempt to engage in reinforcing uh, positive behavior in students by trying to apply an appropriate level of discipline toward their actions, it is important to consider, again, all that they may have experienced in their journey after their school experience with you the day before, as well as on the way. And I'll close by sharing what I share with the leaders that I train every single day. And that is to lead with love. Students know if you care about them. And so as long as our interaction with them is of genuine intent, we don't have to worry about contributing to school, to prison pipeline, because we are genuine in our exchange with them and we are developing our cultural competency. Thank you very much for tuning in to this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sonya Whitaker Podcast 2.0. You can follow Sonya on all social media platforms at Sonya Whitaker, S-O-N-Y-A-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. Also, you can access her podcasts on her website, SonyaWhitaker.com. Click on live and on-demand radio to listen to previous podcast episodes.